Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Gnome Podcast. Before we go any deeper, I thought I'd take a moment to let you know where we're heading. Today, we dive into one of the stories that Will White sent to his mailing list subscribers at some point in the last few years. All of these short stories are tucked away inside one or another of his worlds. Maybe Cradle, possibly Elder Empire, but probably Traveler's Gate. If you have never heard of those worlds before, then you do not have the training to extract full meaning from this journey. You may continue if you wish, but you may not reach true enlightenment. You'll know you were fully prepared for the story if we emerge from this podcast and you suddenly begin levitating and or glowing. Now, tighten the straps on your pack and raise your torch high, because we're delving into places unknown. Don't worry, most of you will probably make it out alive. Deathmatch 3, Sons of Death Iteration 000, Terminus Match number 3, Northstrider vs. Allen, Incarnation of Elysia The instant Northstrider appeared inside the Tower of Grey Stone, he slammed his black-scaled fist into the wall. Centuries of battle had eroded his hesitation. Anything that surprised him would be destroyed in a blink. His punch ignited all the air in the tower, filling it with fire and blinding light that outshone the sun. His outer robe, worthy of a monarch, only fluttered in the force of an explosion that would have devastated a small city. Northstrider expected to be standing in the center of a blasted plain, the only thing standing for miles. But even before the storm of light and flame cleared, he knew the wall was still there. This could only be the Avedon. He crossed his arms and scowled. They had tried to recruit him many times before, and they should have learned their lesson by now. If they thought they could pressure him into leaving Cradle by sealing him inside an unbreakable tower, they were in for a long wait. Though the tower was evidently sealed, he'd burned away all the oxygen, and now he had to wait in a vacuum. In a month or two, he'd have to take a breath, at which point he would be forced to test how indestructible this wall really was. Entertainment match, one of their presences said in his mind. That soured his mood further. They expected him to dance for them. North Strider of the Path of the Hungry Deep, you will fight to the death. All consequences will be reversed. The Abitan were toying with him. Blood aura boiled around him. The vital aura in the outside world was so thin as to be non-existent, so they must be outside cradle, but the blood in his body was rich enough with aura that he could use his ruler techniques to some extent. His madra, rich and red, surged out of him. It twisted into half-forged shapes of dragons, each of them pressing away from him as though trying to escape. The strength of these devoured dragons flooded his body, along with their rage. His senses couldn't stretch past this tower, but the Abidon had better hope they sent a stronger member of their order than they had last time. You face Alan, incarnation of Elysia. A growl began, deep in his chest. On a planet, it might have caused an earthquake, but the stone beneath his feet did not so much as shake. The Abidon weren't even sending one of their own order to face him. The presence had given him more than his opponent's name. He could sense the nature of Alan's power, though not its scale. He had to assume that this was a monarch from another world, one on seven paths, it seemed, though the sacred arts of foreign worlds made little sense to Northstrider. 
they would have to watch out for the silver light, which seemed to affect thoughts somehow, and perhaps the blue light. It drained strength, and he had lost battles before to enemies who turned his power against him. Still, he bristled at the indignity. Was he not even worth the direct attention of the Abaddon? A bell rang again, and he prepared his enforcer technique. Blood Madra rushed through his channels, carrying the strength of dragons. If this was the opponent they had selected for him, Alan must be the king of his world. Angry Northstrider might be, but he hadn't lived so long by underestimating his opponents. The tolls of the bell grew closer together, and the tower's interior flooded with red light and the half-formed shapes of dragons. Ready? Begin. Northstrider blasted out of the door, and his spiritual awareness expanded. The area was a disk of stone seven miles across, with a total of fourteen towers spaced at regular intervals around the edge. They were suspended in an endless void, but the way was close. An Abaddon might be even stronger here than in a stable iteration, so he would have to be careful of the match's judges. His opponent emerged out of the tower opposite him, but Alan had his powers suppressed. He felt little stronger than a gold, so either his powers were sufficiently different from the sacred arts that Northstrider couldn't estimate his strength, or he was masking himself well. The mask was thorough. Alan moved so slowly that he may as well have been frozen. His eyes shone like rainbows, which in cradle could have been his gold sign or a mark of his contract to a sacred beast. In another world, they could mean anything. His armor and his hair shone like polished gold. His foot hadn't hit the ground outside of his tower when Northstrider arrived, the air detonating in his wake. He could have stepped directly through space, but he was wary of the consequences of twisting the way with Abaddon watching him. Northstrider released the serpent's maw, the forger technique he used to break through barriers. Scarlet Madra burst from his hand in the shape of a serpentine dragon, as dense as a remnant. The technique was flooded with soul fire, until it carried the overwhelming aura of a monarch. Its spiritual presence flooded the arena. An underlord would have his soul snuffed out like a candle in the presence of the serpent's maw. He was readying his second technique when the maw struck. The dragon of blood Madra swallowed Alan and kept flying, swirling around the tower and coiling around it like a snake around a tree. The forged dragon raised its head and let out a piercing cry. Winner, Northstrider of the Path of the Hungry Deep. Northstrider stared at the spot where Alan had once stood. For a second, he was speechless. Bloody light swallowed the arena, and he screamed in rage. The end of deathmatch number three, Northstrider versus Allen. Winner, Northstrider. Match number four, Shuffles versus Elysian Hummingbird. When the voice told it to begin, Shuffles hopped out of the door, flapping its stubby wings to gain some distance. Its feelers wormed in the air, tasting the dry emptiness. It had never known the void, but long-buried instinct told it this felt like home. It fluttered forward, seeking the scent of its prey. The voice, which carried with it overwhelming authority, like one of the great ones, had given him a vision of the enemy, a tiny golden hummingbird born in a place of piercing light. Prey! 
Shuffles said, savoring the word. It liked birds. They crunched. A glint of gold in the distance caught Shuffles' eye, and it flapped up in the air to taste the presence of its victim. The bird rushed in, trailing light, and it stopped to hover outside the reach of Shuffles' tentacles. The hummingbird opened his beak and spoke in a voice like rumbling earth. I will destroy you, outsider. I am honored to be called to battle. Outsider, Shuffles repeated. The word carried intent that reminded Shuffles of the void. With a flap of its leathery wings, it surged upward, the tendrils on its mouth grabbing for golden wings. Only one of the feelers brushed a feather before the hummingbird shot back, but Shuffles' wings faltered. It fell to the ground, slamming into the stone, its mind overwhelmed. The tendril had carried with it the taste of Elysia, light and power and courage. The intent made Shuffles sick, blinding it, searing its mind. You fight like a coward, the hummingbird shouted. Defend yourself. Coward, Shuffles shouted, but the light still blinded it from within. It leaped up, tackling the bird, but a beak still skewered through its belly. Shuffles clawed at the bird, slashing at its eyes, but its deep green blood was spurting out, and the pain was almost as blinding as the light. Its strikes grew weak, until finally the hummingbird shook its body off. Elysia stands triumphant, the bird said through heavy breaths. It had sustained its own injuries, and one of its eyes was scratched and matted closed. Die in peace, monster. Peace, Shuffles repeated. Then it ceased to exist. The end of deathmatch number four, Shuffles versus Hummingbird. Winner, Hummingbird. Match number five, Athan versus Will White. I look around at the featureless tower that surrounds me. I have to lean on the wall to remain standing. This can't be happening. Is this, is this real? I feel like an idiot talking to no one, but if I am where I think I am, well, I know some Abaddon are listening. A bell echoed throughout the tower, right on time. Entertainment match. Will White, you will fight to the death. All consequences will be reversed. Extra information flows into my mind, which feels more natural than I had imagined it would. I guess I'd always thought of it as uncomfortable somehow, but it feels as natural as knowing something without thinking about it. I've obviously had some kind of a break with reality. Maybe I fell into a coma while riding. I only wish I could have hallucinated myself somewhere more fun than a death match. Here's hoping I wake up soon. This feels too real. I don't want to suffer through my own death, even in my imagination. You face Athan Aurelius, the presence said, and the extra information was unnecessary. I knew who Athan was. So much for my last hope. I was hoping they'd at least match me up against someone in my own weight class, like maybe 12-year-old Lyndon or Simon's mom. Sometimes the Abaddon likes seeing people curb-stomped, I guess. The bells ring faster and faster, leading up to the presence telling me to begin, but I still haven't figured out how to wake up. The door slides open, but I don't leave. Why would I? I'm not in a hurry to die. Okay, so I can't leave, but I created this world right? 
That has to give me something I can use. I try to fly first, because that sort of thing usually works in dreams. Not this time. Gravity doesn't care what I think. Next, I try to create something simple. A knife. Just a kitchen knife. This is only a test. If I can make something, I should be able to make anything. If the knife works, I can go for an underlord-killing superweapon next. I picture the knife as vividly as I can. Its sharp edge, the cool weight of its steel, the feel of its smooth hilt in my hand. It remains imaginary. Well, that didn't work, but I'm going to try the superweapon anyway. I envision a construct, a floating red-orange eye, hacked with striker bindings and powered by a monarch. One of these guardian constructs could drill through the crust of a planet. In theory, anyway. I keep trying to create something, anything, when Athan strides up with hands in the pockets of his outer robe. He's smiling as he walks up, which I expected, but I forgot how tall he was. You become conscious of details like that when you're watching a man that you expect to beat you to death with his bare hands at any moment. He looks me up and down, curiously. You're not some kind of hideous monster hidden in human form, are you? Athan asks. That would be nice. Standing before my own execution is exactly as stressful as I would have imagined. I can barely breathe, and every time I look at Athan, I'm overwhelmed by fear. But at the same time, I can't take my eyes off him, so I end up in this weird half-state where I'm staring at his feet and shaking. Have you ever been in a fight in your life? I pushed a guy into a pool once. At least I don't sound terrified. Athan nodded as though that was what he expected. Well, I'm not in the habit of throwing away battles, but I'll let you walk off the edge if you like. He beckoned to the side, indicating the endless drop off the side of the arena. I'm not normally afraid of heights, but I have to take two steps back after I glance over the edge. Will I die if I jump? I ask him. Or am I just going to keep falling forever? I don't mind jumping to a quick and painless end, but if I'm going to die of dehydration, I'd rather have Ethan just stab me. I know there's no ground down there. Hands still in his pockets, Ethan leaned over the edge and stared into the void. They'll count it as a loss, the Underlord said confidently. You'll be back where you started with no memory in five seconds. I should know better than he does, but I find I believe him. Okay, that's... I can do that. I shuffle out of the door and to the bridge over to the arena. I stand at the edge, staring down. And I can't take the last step. Can you? He puts a hand on my back. Are you ready? Before I can nod, he pushes me off. Falling actually isn't that bad. It's an instant of pure terror, but you get used to it in only a few seconds, especially when you know there's no ground beneath you, so nothing getting closer. I still don't know if the Abaddon have summoned me into one of my stories or if, far more likely, I've gotten stuck in some sort of coma dream. But either way, I hope I end up somewhere more fun next time. The end of deathmatch number five, Athan versus Will White. Winner, Athan. Who's next? Congratulations, you've survived the Hidden Gnome podcast. Today's stories were Deathmatches 3 through 5 by Will White, read by Travis Baldry. The next episode will be available when the sacred wind blows down from the mountain that time forgot, which usually takes about a week.
Until that time, remember, an apple a day keeps the apple ghost away.